thanks for joining us today. <laughs> I'll do it. But thanks for joining us today for our next episode. <laughs> thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Well, we've been processing these things as our leadership, and we're praying for everyone listening. So we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how you doing? Good, Joe. Thanks for trying to shut my laptop on me as I'm reading the day's intro. He, I want every, I want the world to know that he does not have this intro memorized. <laughs> I'm beyond disappointed in you. I know. Well, you know, I try to like memorize scripture. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, we would call that a Jesus juke. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, very good. Well, Jeff, uh, let's go ahead and dive into today's question. I think this is a a helpful one for a lot of us. Our culture talks an awful lot about self-care, uh, mm-hmm. a lot about taking care of yourself. If, if you're not healthy, there's no way you can help other people. And we had a listener ask this question, uh, what's the balance, that's the word they're using, between pouring yourself out for others and self-care? Their example was, should I take a meal over to someone or should I like get a shower this week? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you are that spent, then you should definitely take a shower this week, right? That <laughs> you, you've crossed the line. It, it's interesting how you premise that question because you said, uh, you said, uh, you know, the, the culture, so to say, uh, says I, I can't take care of other people if I don't take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say out the gate, that is fundamentally a lie. That, that is a lie. Mm. And, uh, it's a lie that puts you into unrealistic expectations. It's a lie that would freeze you, and it's a lie that, on uh, taken to an extreme, would would make you um, irresponsible hmm. in your relationships with other people. When it comes to life, every human being plays hurt. Hmm. We all have a limp. We we all have a, a bad knee or a banged up rib. It's it is it is what life does, and so this this idea that I have to be at a place of perfect health before I have any capacity to support or sacrifice to give to someone else is a absolutely fundamental unachievable lie. You can tell I feel strongly about this. You do. And yeah. I love how we're I love how we're just jumping right into it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of drives me nuts. Sure. Uh, because I see that as a um, an excuse not to engage people. And I see it as uh, often used as an excuse to not give your life away. It, it's a very self-centered way of living. And um, no one who has ever achieved anything, ever served anyone, uh, ever accomplished anything in their life has ever bought into that lie. Mm. The only people that buy into that lie are people who don't accomplish and don't want to be held accountable for their lack of accomplishment. Mm. So I, I, I just, I, I don't know why that grates me so much, but but... 
you go back and you, I, I double dog dare people to do this. Double dog dare you to go back and Google the biographies, the life biographies of some of the most successful people in the world. And what you will often find is they had a lot of pain in their childhood. It's the people who were raised in privilege and splendor and comfort that malfunction. Just watch any celebrity story or any (laughs) billionaire's kid's story, right? Most of the time they crash and burn. The people who struggle, who take hits, who come from nothing, who grew up in pain, who, who grew up without the comforts of the world, they're the ones that actually succeed and accomplish something. And the same thing is true for us spiritually. Um, the, the pain of life, the, the reason that we are to count trials as joy, this is James chapter 1, my favorite passage in the Bible, we count it, j- trials as joy is because the testing of our faith develops perseverance. Then the Bible says, perseverance must finish its work so that we can be matured and completed, not lacking anything. If you do not go through pain and learn to play with a limp, then you will never you will always be immature and incomplete. And and people and cultures and generations that buy into the lie that my life has to be perfect and I and my life has to be pain free, they are immature hmm. in their outlook on, on the world. Uh, they're the ones that are looking for safe spaces. They're the ones who are easily offended about everything. Uh, they're the ones who quit whenever the going gets tough. They just leave. Uh, they're the ones that throw fits when the coach doesn't let them be in the starting lineup. I mean, these are the people that mm-hmm. that uh, we all probably know. They they bail on their marriage the first time that he doesn't make her happy anymore or vice versa, and, and I'm, that is not biblical in any way, shape, or form. And I, and I think I feel strongly about it because I think it does affect um, our view of life, and it deeply affects our view of God. This is the basic falsehood, or what the old-timers would call heresy, behind the prosperity gospel, that God has to arrange my life perfectly according to my wishes, or he does not love me, does not see me, and has nothing for me to accomplish with my life. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm like, push that back through Scripture, and I double-dog dare you <laughs> to show me uh, anybody in the Old Testament and certainly in the New, including Jesus himself and the Apostle Paul and Peter and John and all of them, that that played out. It's just not true. So, sorry, I ranted there for a minute, but but it, it, that strikes a nerve for me. And um, I don't know, I probably as a person who really, really cares about the investment of my life and want my life to make a difference... I would immediately recognize the oh. falsehood behind that kind of thinking because it's absolutely unachievable. Ironically, Jeff, one of the things that you did, at least for me, is I was starting to think through different people that matched the different limps or the different scenarios, the different whatevers, as you were kind of running through some of those. And when we ourselves go through 
those trials and those pains, not only does God do something in us, like you mentioned, explained out in James 1, but that's how we relate to other people. Yes. You know, if if I... Well, this happened to me. I, I blew out my knee playing uh, college football, and uh, and then I got Bell's palsy. Half my face was paralyzed. It was really fun at 19. <laughs> um, and so I decided to quit, and uh, so my college career was over, and I had a decent future in front of me. I say decent. It was Division three. It was nothing that special. Yeah. But college I was a starter. Yeah. It was college football. I The coach was glad I was on the team, and I had to give it up, and it hurt. Short version, you fast forward 20 years later, this student – puts on a connection card here at Grace Church. I just had my third concussion. I just lost my scholarship to go play football. I I just don't know what to do. I need to talk to somebody. I snatched that card up yeah. as fast as anything, and we met. And he, the short version of that, he's like, Joe, you were the first person I've talked to that understands what the pain I'm feeling right yeah. now. Yeah. And we had an amazing conversation. We were able to talk through that. Now, I don't think God... <laughs> tore my ACL and gave me Bell's palsy just to have one conversation, but I guarantee that was a part of it. Right. Well, and you understand you understand that kid, but you understand a thousand other people mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. different versions of that. And and I I I think we don't value pain. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says that we are to share in the sufferings of Christ. And I don't I believe very strongly that until we understand suffering, we don't understand Christ. Our our relationship with God will many times stall out at the point where we say, I'm not willing to accept any more pain. Mm. And and when we say that, what what we're doing is we're saying, I don't want to understand you anymore, Jesus. That's the that's all I want to know about you, because I don't want to go through that pain. Right now I don't think God, we know that from Scripture, God does not tempt us, mm-hmm. but God does lead us into trials, and we are, we are to count them as joy, and we are to consider ourselves blessed. And those trials are to come from righteousness, they're not to come because we're an idiot about something, mm-hmm. but it is, it is a basic, uh, we would call it a theology, a, a way to understand God of the Christian faith. And when you look back in, in biblical history, suffering was expected. In fact, Peter says, why are you acting like something unusual is happening to you? It was expected. It's only been the last hundred years where the heresy of the prosperity gospel has come forward, where God's going to bless you, prosper you, heal you, and make your hair grow back. And that's that's how your faith is proven correct, mm-hmm. and God's love is delivered. And that is just not true. Yeah. Um, and, and we have to guard against it. Now, let me. I, I got off on a tangent, so sorry. It just came out of me. This is what it's like <laughs> to be my friend. Um, <laughs> That's the, true. The, <laughs> the question is, what's the balance of pouring pouring out for others and self? Now, here's what. Yeah, I, because for instance, you did start with you should get a shower. So yeah. at some point in time, you got to do something to keep yourself. I won't even fill in the blank. Where are you going with this? <laughs> so, so what I would say is. Um, Two things. One, I'm going to have you talk about this because you just preached on it. Okay. So the whole principle of Sabbath rest comes in mm-hmm. here. So Joe just did a sermon. What was the date? What was the date of the sermon? Uh, that was uh, February 12th and 13th. Phenomenal sermon. You should go listen to that. It's on the website. It's part of the Sacrilege series. So the principle of, of Sabbath rest, which Joe mm-hmm. will talk about here in a minute. Um, but I would say this. If 
I know this person's being uh, silly and metaphoric here, but when you are at that level of do I take a meal or take a shower or whatever version of that plays out in your life, you probably are not serving. You probably are enabling. Hmm. And and you are probably doing that uh, not from joy or even obligation. You're probably doing that from uh, guilt or because you think if you don't take the meal, the family will go hungry. Hmm. So I would guard that. You know, because the there is a point that you need to look and say, wait a minute, like I, um, our life should be full. They should be full of service. I should not be an enabler. My number one calling is to my family. So did my family eat, mm-hmm. right? And then I would look and say, are there other ways to tackle this? So Heidi is famous for this. I love this about her. Uh, when somebody um, needs a meal, Heidi will call and say, uh, what do you want me to door dash to you? Right? Because she's like, I don't have time to prepare it, deliver it, but I do care. Uh-huh. I will make sure you have food that night. Um, I don't think we should ever be burdened or frustrated by an emergency emergencies happen and friends run to each other's side. That is nobody's fault ever. And sometimes that's why you didn't get the proverbial shower that day, right? But if this is, and I also think there's times where we just have busy seasons. So uh, the kids have two games. Uh, there's, there's an event at church and your friend's sick. That's a, that's a booger of a week. That's not what we're talking about. But if this is your lifestyle, uh-huh. there's something within you that's driving you in an unhealthy way. Um, and that would probably be worth sitting down with a, a pastor, uh-huh. right? Now, I say all that. I believe our lives should be full, but they should be fully invested. I don't believe that like serving one night and Netflixing the other six is healthy at all. <laughs> So I think they should be full, but I think a big place where the Scripture addresses this is in the Sabbath principles, and you just taught on that a little bit. Yeah, and and before I open that up, um, a trick that you mentioned, uh, Heidi, door dashing. Mandy, um, a lot of times, she'll just double up. She's like, well, I'm already cooking this on Monday. I'll just make twice as much as normal, Yeah. put it in a box, and then now it's just a 15-minute delivery down the road and come right back. Yeah, let it and, fall out before you eat it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we, we had a chance to talk about the Sabbath, and to be honest, it was very personally convicting because I wasn't sure how much even I was being this intentional about it. But the Sabbath kind of unfolds in the two concepts um, where one is Shabbat, where you're... Um, clocking out. It's where I'm stopping. I'm making sure that I'm not always distracted by all the different things that are happening in my life and trying to multitask, which for most people, if not everyone, is a misnomer anyway. You can't actually fully multitask. And then secondly, it falls into this concept of nuach, which is settling in. And I loved the imagery of something I found. It was 
like settling in by a fire, pulling on the blanket, grabbing the hot chocolate, you know, and like really settling. I'm going to be here for a while and uh, or unpacking the suitcase at grandma's house over the weekend. And when we're actually focused on that type of rest, something actually recharges us. God knew that. God wanted us to be able to have, um, you know, this this let's call it weekly. <laughs> it's almost like that's the way he established mm-hmm. it, routine of how about you and I reconnect? How about you and the people that you're closest to that mean so much to you reconnect? And sometimes that's scripture, and sometimes that's music, and sometimes that's sitting outside, and sometimes that's playing games with your family. But it's always this idea of like, my life is not in my control. My 587 uh, item long list that I'm supposed to get to at some point in time in the future will still be there tomorrow. And most of the things that I'm trying to get accomplished will still be there tomorrow. But my Lord and my family and my closest friends, my sanity, God's trying to give this to us. Um, and that's what Jesus said when he addressed the Pharisees. Hey, the, the Sabbath is not a hoop that was created. Some all people have to jump through this or else. Yeah, It was a gift for us that God is allowing us to remember that he's our provider, he's in control, Rest in him, rest in the people he's given you in your life, and we'll pick it back up tomorrow. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the tension, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, I, I do think that we have, well, when I start to slip into, I have to do all the things all the time, every evening. I, my day off's Friday, but I got all these other things, litany of things I got to get done and, you know, tell my daughter to go play while I'm busy doing this or I keep pushing off. The mindset, if I'm being honest, that I have in those moments is I'm the only one that could ever accomplish any of the things that are right in front of me. kind of narcissistic. It's incredibly narcissistic. And, um, And there are times subconsciously where I believe it. Yeah. I'm the only one that could have that conversation with that friend. I'm the only one that can get that project done. I'm the only, only, only. And that's not true. I think we've talked about on one of the podcasts before. I think you used you as the example, though. But if I get hit by a bus, Grace Church will figure it out, but my family will be devastated. That's right. If if I get hit by a bus today, we will have services this weekend. Yep. Right. But my family will probably not be here because they'll be devastated at home. Yep. You know, and, and just living that way. And and that that's what you were just leaning into there, Joe. I you said it better than I did. That's what I mean by if I'm the only, 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 like something's unhealthy yeah. about thinking that way. I there's no way I could possibly Sabbath. And I'm like, if God can <laughs> yep. you know, and, and so I think those are the balances here. I don't think God works seven, six days and rested on seven. Mm-hmm. I worry sometimes we don't give a solid six days. <laughs> right. Right? But I don't think we have to give eight. Like, there, that, that's the balance that, that this uh, listener is, is looking for. I'm like, you, you shut her down. Make sure, prioritize your relationships. Make sure that the, your relationships are healthy. And then shut her down. And is it me time? No, it's we time. Yep. It's me and God. Yep. And then probably me and the relationships that are that are most meaningful. And every once in a while, you know, uh, Heidi will look at me and say, 
I I just need to go like work out and go for a run. Like go. Yep. We we all need a little downtime from yeah. other people. No big deal. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about like that we'll go for me time before we go for we time. Absolutely. And it's our time with God that will actually refresh us. I was uh, there was a, a buddy of mine talking to me after the this particular weekend, and he said, you know, every time I take me time, I don't remember it. Yeah, that's I, right. I don't. I don't remember sitting down to play that stupid game on my phone. I don't remember just going on that jog. I don't remember watching that random movie on Netflix. Do you know what I do remember? Getting together with my family, playing that really weird board game, yeah. laughing, having a good time, or even on the physically alone time. I don't remember the random jog. I do remember the time I had one of the most amazing prayer times ever on that yep, trail. That's right. And so it when it's we time, when it's me and God, when it's me and those other people, that's when something's adjusting and changing in our life for the better versus just more and more that selfless time. I, I think you mentioned um if you're if you have too many things, um I think that there are people, follow me here for a second, that like if they don't work on those things that particular day, there will be a lot of things that fall through the cracks. Yeah. And some of that's self-imposed. If you have too many plates spinning, put some of them down. That's how plates don't fall when you you stop spinning them, is you're probably spinning too many plates. Or on the other side of the spectrum, if, if you have a life where you're like, I'm barely making it financially, I don't have time to invest into my kids, and you just don't know how to do it, one of the greatest lies that I think the enemy can get us to believe is that we um, can handle it all, and we believe something that we think is in the Bible, and that's that God won't give us more than we can handle. It's not true. Yeah, We have to lean on other people. And so if our life is actually at the place to where the basic necessities will fall through the crack if I don't give it full go all the time, we have to lean into each other. Yeah, the Bible doesn't say God will give you, can't, won't give you more than you can handle. The, God, the Bible says God won't allow you to be tempted right. beyond what you can handle. And and when when you're overwhelmed with those things, calling out for help, uh, pitching, you'd be surprised the people that are eager to love you when when you feel overwhelmed. And, and we've had uh, many friends like that in our lives, and the kids kind of grew up at our house, and, and we would just... And I praise God. We we had the community of the church, and we just kind of pitched in and made it happen. And and Heidi and I, Heidi and I have always taken a, a trip by ourselves, mm. and we did that when the kids were like little, and we lean into our family and lean into our friends at church and be like, we need a week, and then we would do it back, <laughs> you know. And it wasn't tit for tat, but it was like, yeah, we're we totally are in this together, and. And God provides for those things. I, I think I think with all of this, guys, I, I I would not approach this with legalism, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it's wrong to go see a movie by yourself kind of thing. I think I would approach this through a biblical mindset, not a worldly one. Mm-hmm. So a worldly mindset, your priority ladder starts with you. In a biblical mindset, your priority ladder starts with Christ, then it moves to your neighbor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so the remembering that, um, and then also I think if you can weave through that, this principle of Sabbath rest, which is, it doesn't have to be a day, but that that Sabbath rest is we time, 
Um, and then in your family, you know, especially as the kids get older, like everybody's in the house but doing their own thing. That's okay. Every once in a while, it's no big deal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're actually going to go back the other way. How do I pull them back on the roof together? So I don't want you to beat yourself up by this, um, and I don't want anybody to feel condemned. I just want us to start the conversation on the right foundation. That's so good. Um, that's so, so good. I was just thinking, ask the Lord. Like, we're trying, sometimes I think we just try to figure it out. And he's like, just ask me. Yeah. I can probably help you know what to do next. <laughs> well, it goes on with that mature, complete in uh, James 1. Then the next verse says, if any of you ask wisdom, he yep. should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. But when he answers you, you must believe and not be blown and tossed by the wind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ask God. He, having questions with God is never going to get you in trouble with God. He loves that. He loves it. Yep. So good. And if this is helpful to you and you have questions like this that you'd love us to address, you can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps in these areas, we'd love to do that. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you are looking for a church home in the area, you can always find us uh, here um, in person, or if you're out of the area, you can join us online. Well, thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.